rising up back on the street did my time took my chances went the distance now i'm back on my feet just a man and his will to survive so many times it happens too fast you trade your passion for glory don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past you must fight just to keep them alive it's the eye of the tiger it's the thrill of the fight rising up to the challenge of our rival and the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night and he's watching us all with the eye of the tiger that song by Survivor really captures the struggle that took place during the election of 1800. In this election, you had four candidates. On one side, you had John Adams and Charles Pinckney, who supported a Federalist ideology. And on the other side, you had Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr, who supported a Republican ideology. It should be noted that the Republicans of the 1800s is really the Democrats. Hmm. However, these Democrats side more with the ideology of the Republican Party today. <laughs> oh, that's kind of confusing. That is the messiness <laughs> of history. That's why I love it. Hmm. These two ideologies, uh, ideologies were the beginning of the of political parties, which we'll talk about uh, during this podcast. The core difference between these ideologies is that the Federalist ideology supported strong centralized government which included a standing military. The Republicans on the other side, or on the other hand, wanted a decentralized government with a militia system, not hmm. a standing army. Hmm. With that knowledge, let's take a look at two images. Can you describe what you see in this famous painting by John Trumbull, which is located in the rotunda in the United States Capitol? Well, I see it's a lot of gentlemen. looks like, you know, the founding fathers. They're all gathered around a document. Um, they all look like they're kind of in agreement or working together on the document, um, kind of all unified. That is exactly what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> there is much myth in the uh, American history, and that idea that the founding fathers were unified is at the top of that list. Hmm. What's, you got another image down there. What is that? It's a, it's a little baby laying on an American flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted you and our wonderful listeners to remember that the United States was like a baby, oh. fragile and needed a lot of care. Oh. So with that in mind, let's think like a historian. You mean ask good questions? Right, you are. So let's dive right into those. I've got three. The first is what drove this election to be so contentious. The Republicans called Federalist rule the... Reign of Witches. The Ooh. Federalists claimed that they were saving the nation from... The fangs of Jefferson. Yeah. Oof. Burn. To, yeah. Today's historians consider this election to be one of the dirtiest in all of American history. So that's question number one. Question number two is, why did Thomas Jefferson call this election the Revolution of 1800? Was he right in this assessment? 
And number three is what were some of the critical outcomes of the election? Keep in mind, we need to pay close attention to what did not happen after mm. the election. Interesting. So let's address the first question. There are two main reasons why the election of 1800 was so combative. The first of these is the simple fact that George Washington retired in 1796 after two terms. The importance of Washington as president is not so much what his political policies were, but in fact that he gave up power. Yeah, that's a really great point. Because like the other leaders like Caesar, Napoleon, you know, the king, other kings throughout history, they really didn't just say, oh, no, I'm, I'm done. I stepped down. That is new and unique. Giving up power is one of the main, one of the unique traits of huh. American political history. Think of Washington as a historical actor in some ways. He knew when to leave the stage. As significant as Washington's retirement was, it was also critical because someone had to replace him. Obviously, yeah. Looking back at it, it seems like an impossible task. It is like trying to replace Michael Jordan. Not going to happen. Well, John Adams was that person. He had been Washington's vice president for eight years, so it makes sense that he would be next in line. The election of 1796, however, was very close. Adams barely defeated Thomas Jefferson, who was Washington's secretary of state. Jefferson said it best. To get off just as the bubble was bursting, leaving the others to hold the bag. Ooh. Yeah. In a nutshell, that is what happened to Adams. So winning the election really wasn't so good for Adams. Yeah, hard to believe, but true. Hmm. Another reason why this election was so divisive is the development of political ideology, uh, ideologies, which led to the creation of political parties. None other than Washington, in his farewell address, warned against political parties. Washington declared, Let me warn you in the most solemn manner against the spirit of party. It serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles animosity of one part against another. Pretty amazing. He really nailed it. Yeah. I mean, we totally experience those problems to this day. I guess we should have listened to Washington a little more closely. Right, you are. It is important to remember that the political systems we have today, especially, uh, especially political parties, were not what the founding fathers wanted. Wow, that's amazing. Two major events created this toxic environment that even Washington's words of wisdom could not stop. The first of these events was an international issue, the French Revolution. At first glance, it appears that America should support the French cause. Yeah, the French helped America win independence, and the French were getting rid of a king just like the Americans did. Couldn't agree more. Huh. However, that's not how it hmm. played out. The Federalists, Washington, Adams, and Hamilton, saw the French Revolution as a radical reordering of society, very different than the American Revolution. They also didn't like the cutting off of people's heads. <laughs> I guess that's understandable. <laughs> on the other hand, you've got the Republicans that demanded support for the French Revolution based on their belief the French were following the model of the American Revolution. Hmm. So really, they just kind of had dis different perspectives about the French Revolution. Absolutely. Huh. 
Understanding different perspectives is what history is all about. Yeah. Matters were made worse when John Jay negotiated a treaty in 1795 on behalf of George Washington. This treaty sided with the British. The Republicans saw the treaty as a complete betrayal of what they called yeah. the spirit of 1776. Sure. A second uh, example of this political division took place during John Adams' presidency. Adams had an impossible task of unifying his own party. Radicals like <laughs> Hamilton attempted to undermine his presidency at every turn. His hope of working with the Republicans was especially tricky since Jefferson was his vice president. No way! Yes way! In the end, he had to pick a side. He did exactly that. When the French government refused to meet with an American representative in Paris and French privateers seized American ships, he took action. Although Congress created what became known as the Alien and Sedition Acts, Adams did sign them. What were the Alien and Sedition Acts? What did those do? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> These acts allowed the government to imprison or expel aliens who they deemed dangerous. Oh, boy. Yeah. One of these groups were Irish immigrants who were known to support Republicans. The acts also changed citizenship requirements from five years to 14 years. Worse yet were the Sedition Act, which fined or imprisoned anyone who opposed any measures of the government, or wrote, printed, attacked, or published any false, scandalous, and malicious writing. Undoubtedly, both of these acts targeted Republicans. 25 Americans were arrested and 10 convicted under the Sedition Act. This is not a lot, but as Republicans saw it, it was a threat to the Republic itself. One of those arrested was a man who, while watching a 16-gun salute for the president, Adams, expressed his hopes in public that a cannonball might lodge in Adams' hind part. <laughs> oh, my gosh, really? Could you imagine that today? Oh, man. Think, uh, think of that. A lot of people uh -huh. would be in prison right now uh -huh. if that was the case. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's do a quick review for our audience. Political parties were created by... Well, there were the international issues, the different perspectives of the French Revolution, and then Jay's Treaty. Correct. Um, and then you've got the domestic issues. The Alien and Sedition Acts were causing the divide. A plus. You don't even have to take my class. <laughs> With that understanding, it seems like a no-brainer that these ideologies could not find common ground, or what we might call polarization set in. Hmm. This led to a very contentious election. Before we get to the election of 1800, what are some characteristics you, you look for in a political leader? Oh, um, I guess I would say honesty. I mean, good leadership abilities. Someone that's kind and um, intelligent. Those are all good ones. Let's see if we have any of those in the election of 1800. <laughs> Well, according to the newspapers of the day, you would find none of those characteristics you just outlined <laughs> in sure. any of the four candidates. Sure. The Porcupine Gazette, a newspaper, claimed that John Adams was a monarchist, 
and had shipped in a boat full of prostitutes to the executive mansion, oh, what dear. we now call the White House. Oh, yes. dear. <laughs> so that doesn't sound very good. Let's see about the other side. Attacks on Jefferson were even harsher. He was said to be a coward and a howling atheist, which is kind of my favorite. I'm not sure why they added howling. <laughs> not just there, an atheist, but, but he's a howling yeah. atheist. Ooh, atheist. I don't know. but And he was an adulterer just to boot. Okay. Mm. The other two were also vilified in the press. This election was the first to use political cartoons or images to attack candidates as well. So not only writing of things, if people can read those, they could also look at an image and decipher it. Sure. Can you describe this political cartoon for our podcast listeners? All right. Well, it looks, um, there's a man, it looks like maybe Thomas Jefferson. Right. And he's, I, it kind of looks like he's trying to burn the constitution. Yeah. Um, Cause he's got the constitution kind of over a, uh, kind of a fire. Um, and then, oh, but there's a giant eagle that's coming to, looks like, you know, defend the country because he's about to claw Jefferson's face and he's trying to rip the Constitution out of his um, criminal hands. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You have the the you have the all-seeing eye on top of Oh, yeah. There's actually an eye up yeah. in the corner of the cartoon in a cloud kind of watching. So, uh, yeah, so really creative, but you could see where somebody would know right away that this is an anti-Jefferson uh -huh. um, political cartoon. So on December 3rd, which you might want to mark your calendar because that happens to be my birthday. I oh, do excellent. like cash, just saying, okay. <laughs> the state uh, legislator or the state electors voted in this election. Although the results were not supposed to be open until February 11th, the secret was out on December 10th. Not surprising is that Adams lost. The most underrated president in history, in my opinion, but that argument is for another podcast. Hmm. What was remarkable was that no one won. No one won? Are you, are you kidding? No, it was tie. Oh. Oh. There was a tie between <laughs> Jefferson and Burr. Oh Both of the same party. It took another 37 ballots by the House of Representatives to, to, to determine the election. During the balloting, there was even talk of succession by Virginia and civil war. Remember that Jefferson and Burr are re both Republicans and Congress was controlled by mostly Federalists. Mm. Why did Jefferson win? Historians believe he made a backroom deal with the Federalists oh. at the time. Really, could you imagine a President Burr? Isn't Burr the guy that killed Hamilton? Yeah. That sounds like another great yeah. podcast topic to me. <laughs> Absolutely. So why is this election so important? There's probably five reasons. Four of them are really pretty critical. The first of those is they passed the 12th Amendment. It allowed state electors to vote separately for the president and vice president. So no more ties. Right. Slavery influenced the election. Could slaves vote? No, unfortunately, slaves couldn't vote. Oh. However, state represent, rep, representation in Congress was determined by population, which included... Oh, the slaves. Okay. Right. Historians believe there's an ample, there is ample evidence to prove that this caused Adams to lose the election. Three... 
It was the first time that power is transferred from one political party or ideology to another. And four, what it did not what did not happen is possibly the most important thing. There was no rioting, hmm. no violence, no coup. So that speaks directly to Jefferson's claims about it being a revolutionary moment. Exactly. Huh. An excellent point. I would add number five, because I'm a John Adams fan, but John Adams uh, was the first one-term president. Believe it or not, the next time that that would happen in our country's history would be 1828 to his son, John Quincy Adams. Oh, really? Yes. Aww. All in the family, I guess. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. I would like to thank historians Edward O'Donnell and John Furling, who made researching this topic so much fun. And of course, to my partner in podcasting, Melissa Basinger. As one historical figure said, Some people see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? Nice Boston accent. Thank you. <laughs>